you know, I, I feel like uh, at our school in particular, uh, the importance comes directly from the students. Uh, our students have always been really active in their community and community service. And so it's really just listening to the students and being responsive to them and what they're interested in. Uh, like on our campus, it has really been, uh, it started off initially with composting. Students were really concerned about food waste, what they were seeing ending up after lunch, the trash that could be better used. Uh, and it got them thinking about better ways that we could do things on campus. Uh, and then the institution and administration found ways to support them. And now we're composting you know, a significant portion of our food waste. Uh, and then, and just that idea of the students are really interested in how to preserve the world that they're going to move into. Uh, you know, uh, Sabrina has found the Earth Prize and has been interest, interested and instrumental in that. Other kids are working towards having our school uh, go to 100% solar in the next uh, five or 10 years. We have students that designed and built a club that's designing a solar car to race cross country. And it's all about what the students want. And this is, as student, as, as faculty and as administrators here, we're really just trying to provide the resources that students need. And they're the ones telling us this is what's important to them. And so we're doing everything we can to support them or whatever they're, they have the energy and drive to accomplish. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderark, and I have the pleasure today of being joined by uh, Polytechnic School senior Sabrina Zhang. Hi, Sabrina. Hi. It's so nice to be here. It's great to have you. And Sabrina is joined by uh, one of her teachers, Jack Prater. Um, Jack, uh, how long have you been at Polytechnic? Uh, I've been a teacher here since uh, 2011. Polytechnic is a, a terrific K-12 school in Pasadena. Is that right, Jack? Um, and we love Polytechnic because uh, they listen to students and engage students in, uh, in real-world learning and global challenges. Sabrina, um, you, you won some global distinction recently. We learned that you were a finalist in the Earth Prize. W what is that and how did you spot it and why did you decide to enter yeah, so I discovered the Earth Prize, which is a competition for high school students um, who want to fix or, uh, I guess, address an issue related to sustainability and improving the earth. And through a series of steps, uh, create a business plan and an idea and flesh that out in multiple different stages so that it can become one finite solution to a particular problem in environmental sustainability. And I came across uh, this competition itself, honestly, through social media. I'd been following a lot of uh, different organizations on social media just to keep track of the new organizations that are up and coming. Like there's a new climate museum that just occurred in 2023. So I was pretty active on there and the algorithm pushed me uh, the Earth Prize. And when I saw that post, I was really excited because I think a lot of what I had been researching on my own in a little project that I like to call AgriVision was associated with sustainability. And the Earth Prize was the perfect opportunity not only for me to find a network of students who were interested in environmental sustainability, but also a group of mentors and uh, leaders who could guide me through the process of developing a business proposal to help my idea come to fruition. That's very cool. It, it sounds like 
Um, it's theearthprize.org. It's a relatively new um, global prize by a, a relatively new European foundation. It's a $200,000 uh, prize purse. Um, so, and it, it is well advertised and it really is exciting to see the applicants are from all over the world. Yeah, this year we had about 1,100 uh, or 1,500 or so teams, and they really are global. Like the type of participants that I've met even on Zoom, some were from Turkey, others were from Australia and the UK. So it's been a really fascinating experience. Um, so t tell us about uh, your solution, AgriVision. What, what is it? Where, where did it come from? Yeah, AgriVision really started as a passion project back in the pandemic. My dad and I spent a lot of time together talking about new green technologies. And one of the points of conversation always was vertical farming. I was really fascinated by the idea. And at the time, I think Amazon was going through some business deals, trying to uh, work out some uh deals related to vertical farming in markets like Whole Foods even. And so as I did more research about vertical farming, I wanted to understand why we were getting this kind of agriculture technology. What was so problematic about traditional farming that made us start to invent new technology that made it more convenient for urban settings? And so as I looked into the problems that we currently have with traditional farming, one fact that I stumbled upon was the importance or I guess the impact of plant pathology. And and this means, for example, we have almost 40% of crop loss is a result of plant diseases. And this was knowledge that I never knew about and never expected to think had such a significant impact on our agriculture. Because when we think about how early in the supply chain, we have significant amounts of produce lost. It's not just about the kind of food that we waste in the supermarket, but it's about the production process that is really essential because if we have more quantity and more quality, we can supply food to more people at a lower price as well. And so I became really passionate about finding solutions to this problem. But as we know with diseases, even with the pandemic, there's not always going to be one cure to a disease. And so my mind went to, well, why can't we develop a monitoring process to at least keep track of the diseases that we have and ensure that any diseases that do affect a certain area of the crop will then be able to uh, be checked on, removed, and therefore pose uh, less of a threat to surrounding produce. And so from there, I started uh, reaching out to some friends and classmates across the US to see if they were also interested in agriculture technology. And after talking to a few individuals, I really found a niche in computer vision and machine learning, as well as crop monitoring systems when it came to robotics. And so AgriVision is now a system that is designed to use hyperspectral image processing to help aid disease detection and uh, health monitoring with robotics and uh, image processing. Jack, are you a specialist in computer vision um, and uh, machine learning? Uh, what, what, what was your um, first impression when you heard about the Earth Prize and how were you able to, to help coach Sabrina through this process? Uh, you know, just just very impressed. Like the the idea, uh, I think the Earth Prize does a really good job of trying to help uh, students, uh, especially young students, understand that like these global challenges are big, 
but they are they are capable of, of action. Uh, and so giving kids an opportunity to to build and develop these plans uh, and then to, to have a prize, like a, a really substantial dollar prize to help kids advance an idea if they if they reach that upper echelon of success, uh, I always thought was really exciting. Uh, you know, and my role with Sabrina and all this was to really try to put her in a place where she can continue to, to find and, and build on the ideas that she had. Uh, like you said, she reached out and she had some colleagues that she was working with initially. Uh, but really, it was making sure that when she was pulling the ideas together, being that person that she could come to and understand and, and kind of play devil's advocate about which direction that the technology should go, uh, what would be the next best step. Uh, but it really was just helping her craft her vision and finding the the place where this technology may be uh, most useful Serena, and have the greatest um, impact. A, a number of these teams were three or four individuals. You're an, an unusual applicant in that you, um, you you largely went this alone, but I, I imagine you worked with a web of, of people to, to go up the learning curve on uh, the possibilities of computer vision and uh, machine learning applications that would that would assist um, agrivision. Maybe you could tell us about the the learning curve on the, the tool set that you are, uh, are proposing to bring together in the solution. Right. When I first entered the EarthPrize, I had been thinking about this idea for probably a year and a half already. So it was pretty well seasoned in that uh, respect. And I had talked to individuals who had their own passions when it came to uh, feature extraction algorithms within machine learning and also robotics and agricultural robotics to be specific. And so I had actually explored and spoke to a few experts, uh, for example, when I attended another competition called the Diamond Challenge and uh, connected with individuals who were really grounded in the space of agriculture technology. And so I was speaking to adults, but also students who had a different perspective on what this technology could become that helped me uh, have the confidence to put two and two together. So. I guess when we look at agrivision, it's not just one set thing, but I think its specialty is combining all of the most exclusive features of everything that we see today in rising technologies to create a better future. And so that learning curve, I think, is also assisted with um, my passion for going down rabbit holes when it comes to research. So when I hit one article. It's Actually, I want to know more about that, Sabrina. What, what was most of this um, online research? Was there any any extra course taking that you did? Was it interviews with experts? What, what were the research strategies that you used? Right. It was definitely mostly online research. First, I want to preface by saying acquiring a hyperspectral camera, which is what my product is designed to use, is pretty difficult. And hence why I also participated in a competition like the Earth Prize, which has a financial reward that could also support me furthering this idea. And second, I would say in my junior year, I ended up taking AP Biology, but outside of class, I reached out to one of my teachers and uh, published a research paper uh, related to CRISPR-Cas9 disease uh, resistance for rice crops. So outside of class, while I was getting myself more familiar with uh, plant pathology, I was trying to explore what exactly uh, crops go through when they face diseases. And that kind of research helped me aid or aided my understanding of 
uh, how these crops are going to react and whether or not there's a possibility for uh, computer vision to then support this uh, kind of transformation in plants. So I was essentially going through a proof of concepts by uh, taking the AP biology class, publishing that research paper, and then writing up and exploring other uh, possibilities with technology on my own free time. Sabrina, it, it's interesting to note that even 36 months ago, I, I don't think it would have been possible to assemble the tool set, to have access to the tool set to, to bundle the solution that you're proposing. It, it, it just, it's exciting to me that um, it's now possible for young people uh, to gain access to what was really speculative and then specialized uh, uh, tool set to, uh, to, to even imagine the kind of world changing solutions that you're, um, that you're proposing. So do you have that sense that you're living through an interesting time when, um, you, you have the, the, um, access to these kind of tools? Absolutely. I think when I've gone through this entire process, my dad always tells me, oh, when I was your age, I didn't even know any of these things existed. And having that kind of conversation with him and other family members, and even with Mr. Prater, often reminds me how grateful I am to have access to some of the uh, meta-analysis uh, papers and content that have aided my research and production process overall. Let's have Mr. Prater talk a little bit more about that. Um, you spoke at the outset of why it's important to engage students in, in grand challenges. Um, that's generally a new way to teach, um, to invite students into big, big problems that don't have easy answers or maybe don't have any answers at all. Um, can, can you talk about the, just the teaching strategies in the environment that you're trying to create at, at Polytechnic that, that welcome that, that uh, that sort of an approach? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that we do kind of across the board, even for kids that are, aren't necessarily interested in STEM at, at our school, is getting students to follow the thing that, that's driving them. Uh, and, and a big part of that, you know, Sabrina talked about like that technical, like going through the websites and, and looking through the articles. But, uh, but a huge part of why she's been able to been, be successful is that she's able to reach out to people. She's able to have this conversation so fluently. Like she's like she came up with this idea and she's she's reaching out to like the users that may use this, you know, like uh, co-ops in the Midwest. Like she's she reached out and she found people that might have the use for this and talked to them about, hey, if something like this were to exist, would it be helpful to you? Like she's talking to entrepreneurs and incubators here in the Pasadena area like hey, like this idea could be really big. Uh, would you be interested in helping support and maybe creating an internship for this kind of technology? Like, like that's the piece that we've always kind of been like as a school, trying to build students that have that creativity uh, and helping them always look for, how do I advance this idea forward? Do I need to do a web search? Do I need to do periodicals? Do I need to find an individual? Who is the person or what is the thing that I need to talk to or learn from or have access to or build on so that I can create the thing that, I, that I'm really interested in? Uh, and so kind of across the board, that philosophy, again, has just morphed into 
this is where our students are right now. And they, they see the big global challenge and making sure that they're undaunted by it is what we're trying to do. And they are really kind of leading the way and helping us support them. Have you and the, the other faculty at, uh, at Polytechnic tried to create more room in the, in the curriculum for student-directed learning um, and for work-based learning opportunities? You, you mentioned internships. Usually a, a college prep school will encourage a lot of AP courses, and that doesn't often leave time for um, student-directed um, or, or community-connected learning. Is there room in, in the schedule and encouragement for these kind of projects? Oh, definitely. So that so you're right. we're still a college prep school, so we definitely have AP classes. Like that's not. Uh, but in addition to that, in our science department, we have what we call our poly enriched classes, and those classes are focusing more on research. Like you can you can get a lot of content knowledge from an AP course, but maybe you not maybe you won't be as comfortable in a biology lab or a chemistry lab. Uh, and so get, putting you in a place where if that's where your interest lies is in research give you an opportunity to do some basic level research in a field you're interested in and maybe have an opportunity to publish papers while you're in high school. Uh, and in our service learning, trying to incorporate our service learning projects into the classroom. And there's a math class that one of their projects is them uh, going out into the world and applying math to their service learning opportunities. Uh, creating the space through our community service program to have our our students go and speaking to uh, the the city of Pasadena and encouraging them to go full solar by you know to move up their timeline to do that. Uh, so either through our in our classroom settings, giving kids the opportunity to to do research and to get interested in fields that are not just content based, but like application, the hands on base and really opening the door for them to go talk to community leaders so that they can see collectively they can have an impact on their on their environment and and see that impact you know the city of pasadena changed their plans to when they were going to go full solar uh and, and part of that meeting where they made that vote poly students were at and encouraging them encouraging them to do so Sabrina, it sounds like you, you had encouragement at school as well as at home for taking on big challenges like this. Is that right? Absolutely. And I'm incredibly thankful for all the adults and mentors that I've had um, in my life. And Mr. Prater, I would certainly say, has been a mentor for the mo since the moment I got to Poly. I came to Poly in ninth grade, and he was the first teacher I had ever had. It was my first period ever at Poly. It was my math class. And since then, Mr. Pater has become really a life mentor who's supported me to just pursue any passion that I have. And that's really, I think, the driving factor behind um, some of the proactiveness that I have today and the reason I have the courage to go out and do the things that I do today. Sabrina, you're, you're so much more than a test score. Um, you, you've really done, um, you've done a lot to help people understand who you are and what, what your capabilities are. I, I'd love to have you just sort of describe the way that you're, that you applied to colleges and, and that you have been able to share your capabilities. Um, I, I guess you probably have a, a traditional looking transcript, but 
What else did you use to tell your story? I think for me, going through the college application process, everything boiled down to the question of who am I and what do I care about? And for me, I have had this motto for the past few years, and that is you never know until you try. And I really wanted to encapsulate that in all of my writing. And so especially as I was going through the common application, I really wanted to emphasize even through a project like AgriVision or even through some of my smaller passions like cooking, for example, it's about resilience and grit and perseverance and also being a visionary individual. And so I wanted to emphasize these elements and things or or morals that I really uh, live by. And that was kind of how I wanted to get my voice and my story across. And I'm glad I think I connected with one of my dream colleges as I'll be going to the Wharton School uh, in the fall. And so I'll be pursuing a major in business and hopefully exploring other ways to further my ideas such as AgriVision. I'm, I'm sure Wharton was uh, impressed by your participation in the Earth Prize. You also have a terrific blog where you share your uh, views on the world. I think that's another important way of sort of building a personal brand and expressing um, who you are and what you're, what you're about. Is that fair? Absolutely. And it's actually a portion of my school's uh, program called the Global Initiatives Program. And this is just another way uh, that demonstrates how Poly connects students to global challenges. And here I have an actual course where I'm constantly thinking about the issues in the world and how I might factor in to the global scale challenges that we see today. Sabrina, has, has this, um, this is a, a climate change question. I, um, Let's, let's call it the climate crisis that it is. Um, has your engagement o- over the last year made you more optimistic that there are millions of young people like you um, that are solutionaries that are working uh, on these issues? Or, or um, are, are you uh, more worried than ever? Uh, where, where do you stand on this? Do, do we have a shot? <laughs> I think we do. I, I really do think um, that through this research, even though that's made me more aware of how many other sources go into the way the climate crisis has panned out today, I think the fact that there are forms of technology to support a uh, a solution that could reverse a lot of the damage that we have, and also seeing a lot of my peers who are willing to take initiative and commit to a sustainability issue and whatever solution that they come up with. It's given me more faith that as our generation advocates for climate um, like solutions and pushing for things like going solar by 2030 in each school, for example, it makes me believe that the more the younger generation is willing to project their voices, the more we can get adults who have the power to make policy changes listen. And I think I like to remain optimistic no matter what, because it drives me to continue doing the research and work that I do. And I know that that's true for a lot of my classmates as well. And so I guess when it comes down to all of it, it's this idea of being a collective and that even though I'm one person working on AgriVision, there's a lot more people I have to connect to in order for this to be possible. And the fact that I've already begun to found individuals who align with my interest or who are willing to support me in some way makes me believe that there is a chance for 
for us to tackle this issue bit by bit. Jack, I get the sense that you're a hope engineer. Oh, yeah, I, I heard I heard that phrase the other day, and and I think great teachers like you are are hope engineers that you're you're willing to step into problems where the answer is I don't know, but how might we? Um, are are you are you optimistic about this generation and their commitment to to taking on and tackling climate challenges? Oh, oh, most definitely. And I, and I like, so I got, I got two things that I'm stealing from you now, hope engineer and solutionary. Uh, I love that. Love that. Uh, you know, I think I learned that lesson, you know, like Sabrina talks about her, her dad being an inspiration. Uh, my dad didn't take advantage of a lot of opportunities when he was young because he didn't see how the world was going to change. And so when he uh, would talk to us as kids, that's what he would say. Like, uh, don't worry so much. Everything is going to change, so keep preparing yourself for the future. Uh, and so, like having that mantra and understanding that that you have the ability to impact those changes, and things are inevitably going to march towards that change, and that you can be part of making that a change that works for you and that works for others, uh, is is kind of central to to what my father handed down to me and what I try to hand down to to anyone that I come into contact with. We've been talking to Jack Prather, a teacher at Polytechnic School in Pasadena and uh, a star student and uh, prize finalist, Sabrina Zhang. Uh, Sabrina, are, what, what do you anticipate at, at Wharton? Are you gonna bring elements of this solution forward with you? Are you gonna keep working on this or are you uh, moving on to new and other challenges? Oh, absolutely. This summer, I hope to be using some of the funds that we got through the Earth Prize to continue researching for AgriVision. And once I'm at Wharton, I hope to join some of their agribusiness clubs and even uh, do maybe research on that little farm that they have for their veterinary school. And so I just hope to reach out to any professors who are more experienced in computer vision and expand my network, even with undergraduates and graduates at the school who have background in agritech and business overall. So I'm really looking forward to the future and hopefully uh, AgriVision can grow to even bigger than just an idea. Um, I, I'm going to put together an, an agribiz venture fund so that I can be in a your first investor. Uh, Sabrina, you're just, uh, you, you know, I, I saw in your bio that you were in speech and debate, and I, I, I can see a lot of the skills that you've brought forward from uh, speech and debate. You're a very persuasive person. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Hopefully it'll work in front of a panel of investors in the future. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm there. Um, Sabrina Zhang, she's one of the finalists of the Earth Prize, theearthprize.org. Check it out. Um, it's a very cool challenge. Sabrina, thanks for taking on that challenge and congrats on your success. Thank you for having me and Mr. Prater as well. Um, Jack Prather, uh, teacher at the Polytechnic School. Thanks for your leadership. Thanks for being a Hope Engineer. It was great to Great to get to know you. Um, thanks for creating conditions that allow young people to thrive and to take on big problems. We appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you for having us on and, and being yet another platform for us to encourage people. Thanks for being with us this week. And thanks to our producer, Mason Pasha, for making this possible. 
Thanks to the whole Getting Smart team. And until next week, keep learning, keep leading, and keep innovating for equity. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much. 